want to talk to you about light and darkness. Can you say with me? Light and darkness. Dark, what is darkness? Any, any one of you, can you answer? What is darkness? An easy answer? Exactly. Very good. Thank you. That's what I expected. Darkness is nothing but absence of light. So you're all familiar with the darkness. Cindy, how, how do you feel darkness? Can you close your eyes for a moment? I mean, you may, it's too much lit, so you may not be able to even feel the darkness, but when you're at your house, when the lights are off and your eyes are closed, you will really realize the pitch darkness. And we are all afraid of darkness. Are you afraid of darkness? Yes, somebody's blinging your eyes. Are you afraid of darkness? Yes? No? Say something. What? Who? Someone is, you, know, you, are, you are great and somebody else is afraid. Somewhat, little bit. Okay, okay, that's a, that's a true answer. Somewhat, little bit. Some of us are afraid of darkness, little bit, and some of us are too afraid. So most of the time we associate darkness with what? Okay, still more? Sorry? Evil? Yeah, exactly, good. Most of the time, we, yeah, ignorance is good. There are other attributes we associate darkness with because there is no light. But most of the time, we associate darkness with evil. And many times, we try to fight with the darkness. Listen to me. So it's a very interesting sermon. Many times, we try to fight with the darkness. And Bible says, darkness is nothing but the power of the prince of the air. Darkness is nothing other than the nature of the fallen world that we are living with, living in. Do you think that we can fight with the darkness? How long, how far we can fight with the darkness? If you fight with the darkness, is the darkness going to go away? Yes? No? Right? Many answers. Right? So fighting with the darkness is very, very difficult. It takes our lives. Fighting with the darkness becomes very, very complex. If you want to fight with the darkness and completely remove... You know, some of you had a fight with the devil, right? How many of you fought with the devil? One. Oh, okay. Two. <laughs> Three. Yeah, four. Okay, so now hands will go one by one up, right? So we, we fought with, how was it? Was it easy? No. It's tough, isn't it? Fighting with the devil is not easy. You know, sometimes, some point of time, I used to do that, fight with the devil. Come on, let's pray. And then, you know, pray and try to cast the demon out. And in the name of Jesus, we do all these things. But then later, I realized something that's amazing. That's different, different. I'll talk to you in a moment. We can never fight with the darkness and completely remove and dispel the darkness away from the face of this world. If you start fighting with the darkness, we will fight, we will fight, we will fight for the entire life. Some of the families are fighting for their entire life. They don't have anything else to do other than fighting with the devil, fighting with the darkness. Remember, even when the devil came to Jesus to tempt him in the wilderness, Jesus could have said, devil, get lost. Go away from me. Go to hell. Jesus didn't say anything. But Jesus did something else. 
Jesus, what he did, he took a little bit of light and threw the light on the devil. Word of God is the lamp to my. Are you with me? Are you with me? Repeat the scripture. I'm talking. Word of God is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. She, she took a little bit away and just threw it on the devil. And the devil left. The devil left. Today, the darkness around us is huge. And darkness cannot be really removed by fighting against it. I mean, that's the, not the mission of God. Listen to me carefully. That's not the mission of God on the church to continue to fight with the darkness. No church or believer is given authority. Listen to me very carefully. No church or the believer is given authority to pray against and cause the devil to leave from your city, to leave from your country. It's a meaningless prayer. Listen to me. You would not have got this teaching earlier. Carefully listen to me. We are not given the authority to curse the devil and to pray against the devil to leave from the city, to leave from the town. It's a meaningless prayer. God is not going to listen to that prayer. Because the devil is allowed in your city by God. Can I hear an amen? The devil is allowed in the world by God. Otherwise God would have removed the devil. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, who were cast out of the Garden of Eden? Who were cast out of the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve, not the devil. Not the devil. Since then, the devil is everywhere. And we know, Bible says very clearly, if you are a man and woman of the word of God, we know very clearly, there is a day that's going to come in his life. And God is going to throw him into the bottomless pit and lock him down. And that's the time we will see a world without devil. Devil is needed on the face of this earth so that God can continue to keep the church on her knees. Amen. Devil is continue to be needed on the face of this earth so that God can keep the church on her knees. I have seen people jumping around the moment they receive a blessing from God. That's it. They don't want anybody. They just jump around everywhere. We are like this. And the moment the devil is taken out of the world, church will forget God. Church forgets Jesus. Today, why the devil is kept on the face of this earth? Because God wants you to bend your knees before him. Otherwise, you don't do. Devil is needed so that the day God can separate good from evil. God is putting all of us under a test. And for that test to happen, the devil is needed. He's the agent. And what kind of test we are going through? At the end of our life, when we stand before him, God is going to separate us from the good, from the bird, the sheep and the goat. And devil is doing his job when he is on the face of this earth. Devil is needed so that prophecy is fulfilled. In the absence of the devil, listen to me, in the absence of the devil, if an angel could turn to devil, Talking about Lucifer. 
In the absence of devil, there was no devil. In the absence of devil, if an angel could turn to Lucifer, in the absence of devil, a human could turn to a devil. Are you with me? In the absence of devil, an angel could turn to devil. In the absence of devil, today, a human could turn to devil. But God doesn't want that. So we can't fight and we can't curse. We can't completely get rid of the devil. He's not going to leave because God has allowed him to be here. Instead, God wants us to bring light so that he can leave. Can I hear an amen? I'm not sure how many of you are getting it. Let me try to demonstrate that a little bit. Right? I'm not a good actor, but I'll try to act. I wish I have a switch, you know, I can turn off all the lights, but I don't have. Right? So you need to imagine that we are going to turn off all the lights. Right? All the lights are off now. Now those who are afraid, assume that I am one, of, one among who, whom, you know, they are afraid of darkness. I am afraid of darkness. So I walk into the room and then I realize there's a pitch darkness. I just look here and there. I don't know. Hello? Is anyone there? I don't hear any noise. I hear other noises. I hear other noises in the room. I don't know how to get there. I don't know. It's too pitch dark. Jesus, help me. Praise the Lord. I'm afraid I'm not sure how to go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Darkness, leave from this place. I'm praying now. Darkness, in Jesus' name. Leave from this place. Darkness, leave in Jesus' name. I come against you, darkness. Leave in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Darkness, leave from this place. It's not leaving. But I do one thing instead. I realize the darkness left. I can't do much here. When I'm alive on the face of this earth. So it's better to turn on the light than curse the darkness. This morning I would like to title my sermon. We are up to title, okay? Just only introduction this is. Turn. It's better to turn the lights on than to curse darkness. Eleanor Roosevelt, she said, it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Can you read that with me? It's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Jesus said, if you can come with me, you are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, he said, you are the light of the world. You know, this morning we are trying to understand in the dark world who we are, who our God is. You are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
There is darkness everywhere in the face of this earth. And you know, our lifetime is not enough. If you run behind darkness, casting out all the demons that are in the, on the face of this earth, you will lose your time on the face of this earth. Instead, it is hard, it is rough, and it is tough. Instead, God is telling us, I have kept you as the light of the world. Shine light on people. Shine light into darkness, dark situation in your life. Do not try to push the darkness, but instead, darkness can be pushed by shining light on the situation. Can I hear an amen? We are seeing ministers and ministries cursing the darkness, cursing the devil. It's all not required. It's all not required. I agree there are certain people they are possessed with the demon. You need to pray for them. You need to help them until they start receiving light. You need there, they need your help in terms of prayer. But that's not your ministry. That's not the call of God in your life. You don't need to do anything to expel darkness. We just saw that. We need to just simply turn on the light. Many people, those who are doing it, it's a hype. It's a manipulation. It's a self-promotion. You can't do anything with the devil. I can't do anything with the devil. Only light can do something. Only light. Who is that light? Jesus. I'm not the light. Jesus said, I'm the light because I carry Jesus. I don't have, I'm like a planet. Right, Aaron? I'm like a planet, right? I'm not, I'm not a light-giving source. No, not planet. Is, is that correct? Satellite. Satellite? Planet? Okay. Stop. Oh my God, now you're collapsing me. <sighs> I think I asked question to the wrong people. Somebody said, Star, what can I do now? Oh my. I'll do a physics lesson for you. Okay. <laughs> Planets are satellites, they don't have ability to generate their own light, they reflect. So we are like that, but the source is a star. Source is the morning star. Source is the one who gives the son of righteousness. He is the source. Amen? Can I hear a louder amen? So devil is not afraid of what he is afraid of light. He is not afraid of this ugly dark face. No, 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 not at all. But he is afraid of light. Amen? He is afraid of light. Today, what this world needs is that five-letter word. What is that five-letter word? Can I say, can you say L, I, G, H, T. Great job. Very good. Excellent. We don't need, we can skip the English class. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. Shall we read that together? The people who walked in darkness, read out loud, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. People who are living in darkness, they need that light. They, they don't need another darkness chaser. They don't need another darkness caster. They need light. That's what they have been looking for. They need light. John chapter 1 verse 5 says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. Darkness did not comprehend it. Darkness did not, would never extinguish that light, because that light shines in the dark places. There are areas in our lives that we need to turn on the light. That means the darkness can cover these areas of our light 
An impact, the darkness can impact your life and my life so adversely, so deeply, so severely, and that impact is going to be huge and it affects you, it affects your family, it affects your children. So listen to me. Number one, spiritual darkness. Can you say with me, spiritual darkness? Spiritual darkness blinds our spiritual eyes. We need the spiritual eyes to connect with the source, the spirit source. Can you say spirit source? So whenever spiritual eyes are closed, we connect with the wrong source. When we don't have lights in our spiritual eyes, we are not sure to which source we are connected. The moment you touch down the airport, in the, in the airport, They'll say that now we can turn on your electronic gadgets and the first thing we do is, we'll see whether your data is connected. Or when you get in the airport, you see that whether you have Wi-Fi, any Wi-Fi connected. So whichever is available, whichever is free, that's where we want it. Amen? You don't do that? That's what I do. I thought you do that same thing. No? You do differently? Oh, okay. That's fine. So that's what I do. So I look for, you know, whichever is available. Just connect. They will give warning. This network is insecure. What do we say? Yes, it doesn't matter. Just connect it. You know, we need data. We need, we need, we need connection. So by the way, I want you to know human spirit is capable of connecting to other spirit sources. It's important to know to which source we are connected. It's important to know to which source we are receiving data from. It's important to which source we are transmitting the private information to. There is only one true source of spirit, true source of light. There are thousands of sources. There are thousands of fake sources. They appear to be the light sources, but they are not. But our spirit is longing to connect something which is supernatural, something which is above our strength, our power. That's why John wrote in John chapter 1 verse 9, that was the, that was the, that simply means there are thousands of fake sources, fake lights. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. And as Jesus was preaching, listen to me, at the Mount Olives, at the early morning, they caught a woman in adultery and they brought that woman. And Jesus did so many things there, we will not get there. And after that, the case was dismissed finally. And Jesus looked at the people, those who were there. How many people were there when the case was dismissed? One, <laughs> that woman, probably disciples. I don't know that they, they also ran away. No, they didn't run away? Okay, thank you. So they were there. And Jesus looked at them, and this is what Jesus said, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, what? Read that with me. I am the, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light. Very beautiful scripture. Apostle John teaches that light, the scripture portion Oh, no, we didn't read that. We'll read that now. First John chapter 1, 5 and 6. Can you read that with me? This is the message which, do we have that on the screen? No? What John is doing there? John, 1 John 1, 5 to 6. Okay, it's wrong scripture. Okay, verse 6. If we say, what about verse 5? 
Right, that's what we need. Thank you, madam. This is, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is what? God is light and him, in him there is no darkness. Now, important scripture, verse 6. Let the, let's read that. If we say that we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, fake fellowship. If we say we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So spiritual darkness means not having fellowship with God. Are you with me? Can I hear an amen? Through the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Spiritual darkness comes in our lives if we don't have fellowship with God. If we don't have fellowship with the right source, spiritual God, life, spiritual uh, darkness comes in our lives if we tap into the wrong sources than Jesus. Many times we feel good about many things. I want to talk to you this morning. Our achievements, our service, our help coming to church, involving in the church, maybe preaching a sermon, listening to a sermon, singing, dancing, and you know, getting prayed with our favorite pastor. It's all good. It's all good. Remember the darkness inside of us is not going to leave. Unless we have light comes inside of us. Can you say light? And when light comes inside of us, it comes only when we have fellowship with the right source. The morning questions I want to ask maybe myself and to you, do you take time to talk to God? And you may say, Pastor, you don't know, I'm always listening worship songs. Again, my question is, do you take time to have fellowship with God? You may say, Pastor, you don't know, you won't, even you don't do this, Pastor, but I do it. I always listen to testimonies, Pastor. Again, my question is, do you take time to have fellowship with God? You may say, Pastor, you don't know, after listening to your sermon in the cold week, do you know how many sermons, more sermons I listened Again, the question is, do you take time to have fellowship with God? Pastor, you don't know, 24 by 7 in my house, God TV is running, TBN is running, Angel is flying, sorry, Angel TV is running, Miracle Network is on, everything is running, Pastor, you don't know. Our house, our home is like heaven. You should come and sit there and see one day. Again, my question is, do you really... You encourage your children to have fellowship with God. Pastor, since you preached that message in 2013, I don't know what message I preached, but since you preached that message, they don't watch cartoon. They watch only Christian stories, Pastor. They'll watch only Christian stories. The more we do such things, whatever I mentioned, listen to me. The more you allow spiritual darkness in your life. I'm 100% sure. Only way to receive that light, to remove the spiritual darkness, is to have a relation, listen to me, is to have a relationship with Christ. Can you say relationship? How that spiritual darkness can be removed? How? I'm asking you, how? Relationship with Christ. Good. Relationship with Christ. And that light is not going to come inside of us by listening to our favorite songs. No, it's not going to come. 
That relationship is not going to come instead of us listening to your favorite pastor. No, it's a wrong thing. It's not going to come. That relationship is not going to come instead of your life by getting filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues without knowing what we are trying to do. No, that relationship is not going to come in your life. Miracles can happen even if you don't have a proper relationship with God. You can speak in tongues for hours together even if you don't have a proper relationship with God. You can hear the voices that you think that it is God. For that you don't need to have a relationship with God. Still you can hear those voices. But you will not have peace in your life. You will not have love in your life. You will not have joy inside of you. Because you're connected to a wrong source. But what we need is a light. That's Christ. I'm not talking about seeing the light. I'm not even talking about keeping your palms open and the radiance of lights will fall on your palm. No, 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 I'm not getting there. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about having Christ inside of you by faith. No signs, no emotions, nothing is needed. Christ lives inside of you. How do you know? Not because my hands are warming up. Hands will warm up anyway. Not because my head is heavy. My head will be heavy anyway. Just because I believe. I believe. That's the word of God. Because I have faith in God, I know that I have a light inside of me. How can we have relationship by communicating? Can you say communication? Communication requires two things. What are those two things? Can any of you tell me? Communication requires two things. What are those? Number one? Okay. Source. Keep going, keep going. There is nothing. No, no, there is no wrong answer. All the answers are correct. Target, receiver, and then what? Second one? Okay, feedback. Okay, you are, you are thinking a little, little extra now. Okay. Two things for communication has to happen. Come on. Sender. Did you say sender? Oh my God, I just thought about sender now, right now. Sender and? Okay, now you'll get it. Okay. Sender and receiver. For communication to take place, you need sender and receiver. So how do you send communication to the receiver? Talking to him through? Through? Prayer. Can you say prayer? No sermon. You don't need sermon there. Right? Start, you don't need to preach God. You know, I see some people preaching God during prayer. When you ask them to pray, they will start preaching what? God. They will start preaching God. God, you should have done this. God, God, you should do this. God, God, this will be good for you, God. If you do this, God, it will be good for me. And it's going to be good for both of us, God. You need to pray. And how do we receive? Word of God. I don't even want to go there. Here, right? Word of God. Read. Not here. By praying and reading. While praying, you are talking to God. While reading, not listening. Please. I mean, and you can listen audio Bible. I'm okay with that. Not listen. Don't listen. Don't listen even to my sermon. Read Bible. That's what you need. 
You know, we are here to just encourage you, put you in the right track, that's all. We can't do anything else. Only two things. Pray and read. And we don't do it. Why? Because that requires discipline. That requires commitment. So we don't do it. We play the sermon in YouTube and do all the work at home. And we think that we have fellowship with God. Fake Christians. Fake Christians. It's not going to help. It's going to bring more darkness into your life. Read the word and pray. That requires discipline that when you get up in the morning, you need to give time for that. Secondly, intellectual darkness. First, we talked about spiritual darkness. Intellectual darkness that blinds our intellect. Intellect is the faculty of reasoning and understanding objectively. The ability to understand, the ability to question and reason is what is intellect. Intellectual darkness robs our ability to even to think and to understand. Are you with me this morning? It limits our ability to think. It doesn't allow us to think beyond it. When we talk to some people, we realize that there is a heavy round lid on top of their brain that doesn't allow them to think beyond. The thinking ability is very low. And this darkness will not allow certain areas of our brain to function. Listen to me carefully. Such people's cerebrum or cerebral cortex is under the shadow of darkness. You are unable to think beyond certain level. Are you with me? Do we suffer that syndrome at any point of time in our lives? We are unable to think beyond certain limit. When we think about the matters of God, we say always, we say, I don't understand. I don't understand what is speaking in tongues, how that works. The darkness doesn't allow our mind to function well. You know, such people will tend to shrink in their lives. Are you with me this morning? Are you able to follow or it's heavy? Can you say light if you feel that it's light, sermon? Is it light or heavy? Oh, you can't even think that now? Is it light or heavy or it's okay? Should I stop? No? You're okay? No, I'm, I'm just asking re reasonably, in a regular way, in the right way. You always think that I'm sarcastic, no? That's why you don't answer, maybe. Right, so listen to me carefully. It's not that heavy, okay? Such people tend to shrink in their lives because the thinking ability has gone. I'm not talking about people who are born with a brain defect or brain damage or abnormality. No, we are, I'm talking about people like us who are able to function very well in the other areas, different areas. But when it comes to the matter of God, listen to me, we are unable to function properly because there is a darkness over our intellect. Bible clearly says, God of this age blinded our mind. Can you read that with me? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Look at the screen and read that with me. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Whose minds? Come on, out loud. Mm-hmm. Who was blinded? The God of this age. Who is God of this age? Satan, the darkness, the devil. So how this darkness can be removed? Any answer? How the shining light, shine light over your intellect. 
Shine light in those areas, you know, one more step further. This darkness narrows down our thinking. We are stuck with only very few options. We don't have many options because we, our thinking ability is lost because of this darkness. This darkness makes us to feel so low. We need more light there. This darkness tells us that you are ugly, you are insignificant, you can't do anything in your life. What we need? Can you be out loud as I make the statements? What we need? We need more? Out loud. We need more? This darkness narrows our vision. It doesn't allow us to study. It doesn't allow us to read books. It doesn't allow us to grow. What we need? What we need? Come on. Out loud. I'm screaming this much. Why don't you scream? How, what do we need? Light. Yes. So this darkness allows us, doesn't allow us to think bigger. What we need there? Come on, what we need? Mm. This darkness doesn't allow us to think that we are, the world is not, we are not able to come out of this world. We are surrounded by barriers in our lives. What we need there? The darkness doesn't allow us to think it feels that we are dying on the face of this earth. We are unable to perform anything what we need. We need light. This darkness allows us to appreciate what God is doing in our own lives. What we need. We need light. This darkness doesn't allow us to think about what God is doing in countries like Romania, in Uganda, in Belgium, in India, other parts of the globe. We don't even think about it, what we need there. This darkness doesn't allow us to appreciate what God is doing through other denominations that are not Pentecostals. What we need? We need light. Intellectual darkness. Don't allow this darkness to fall upon our lives. It mainly comes heavy upon the believers, upon children of God. Always reason. Always question. Always think. Don't go by what people say. Oh, don't get convinced by those sermons that you listen. You read your word and you try to understand and get the conviction inside of your spirit. There is a notion among believers today, I just want to share this with a little bit. Saying intelligence is against God. I don't know how many of you came across that argument with somebody. Are you even you, you argue within yourself? I'll try to help you. There is a belief that intelligence is not from God. Intelligence is not Holy Spirit. We should not use our intelligence. If we use our intelligence, we can't really hear the voice of God. There are so many wrong teachings and ideas crept into Christian belief that really make God ineffective. It tells God, Lord, you, whatever you created on the face of this earth, it's good for nothing. Human object is not good for anything, oh God. Because intelligence is something against God. That's a feeling, but that's wrong. When the Babylonian king Belshazzar, I want to take you to Daniel, the book of Daniel, called Daniel to explain the right things that appeared on the wall, if you remember the story. This is what Belshazzar said. Look to Daniel. Daniel chapter 5, verse 14. Can you read that? I have heard of you that the Spirit of God is in you and that light. I don't know how light came there. And that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. You know, never forget that God has created you and me, you and me as an intelligent being. He has given intelligence to us. I'll ask you this question. 
Who created human being with a special brain that's different from the animals? Who created? God or devil? Sure? Who has given intelligence to human being? Who has given? Who has given thinking abilities, decision-making abilities to human being? Who has given that? God has given that. If God has given all these things, we must use them. Can I hear an amen? If God has given you thinking ability, intelligence to do certain things, decision-making abilities God has given you, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? If you allow darkness to cover, we will lose our ability. But when light shines in those areas in our lives, we will become more able. We will be able to think and we will be able to act. The true light that came down from heaven. Number three, physical darkness. Physical darkness doesn't allow us to see anything that is for, in front of us. In fact, the physical darkness doesn't allow us to see the way God sees us. Two aspects. Physical darkness doesn't allow us to see the way God sees others. Are you with me? Physical darkness doesn't allow us to allow me to see the way God sees me. It doesn't allow me to see others the way God sees others. I want to take you to a short story from the book of Mark. Let's go there. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. Then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, obviously no light, and begged him to touch him. Verse 23, so he took the blind man and with by hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on, on his eyes and put his hand on them, he asked him if he say, saw anything. Verse 24, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. What did he see? Trees? He saw men like walking trees. Means the vision is only partial. It's not fully clear. Verse 25, then he put his hand on his eyes again and made him to look up. And he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. The blind man was brought to light. Who was the light? Jesus. The blind man was brought to light. And obviously he has to receive light because he's standing in front of the light source. And by the way, who is the only light source? Jesus. Nobody else. No angels. Sorry. No saints. Very sorry. No human being. Very, very sorry. Who is the only light source? Jesus is the only light source. And you know what? First, he, for some reason, he got partial vision. Today, what all of us have is a partial vision. We don't have a light entering into our life fully. When I ask you to close your eyes and see about yourself, you may be seeing that ugly, that thin, that fat, that dark figure in front of you. Because our vision is partial, we don't see that handsome and beautiful, that bright and brilliant you don't see. When you see and think about yourself, you see yourself folding your body and lying down, not standing smart, not doing anything, in, anything active. That's what we see with the partial vision. We don't see us the way God sees us. When I ask you to see, you say that you're sitting in one corner and legs folded inside your house. You don't see yourself standing in front of people and helping them to grow in their life. You don't see yourself in that way. 
Because darkness doesn't allow you to see you the way God sees you. Are you with me? I'll finish soon. God sees you as valuable vessels. God sees you as valuable vessels of honor. That's what he says. He wants you to add value and significance to your own life. That's where, that's how God has created you. And this morning I want to ask you a question. What is the call of God in your life? And what are you doing about that? How many of you believe that you are called by God? I mean, it's a very specific question. I want you to raise your hands. How many of you believe that you are called by God? One, two, three, four, five, six. Amen. We are all called by God, many of us. I'm sure all of us are called by God. Otherwise, we are not here. Why we are here? The question is, what are we going to do? What are we doing about it? Are you preparing yourself to fulfill the call of God? Because we do not know how many days we have ahead of us. We do not know that requirement is very tremendous. The commitment is so severe. The dedication and the sacrifice you need to make in order to fulfill the call of God is very difficult. Maybe prayer ministry or preaching ministry or helping somebody, guiding somebody, supporting somebody, whatever the ministry that God has called you, the cost is so heavy. Are you willing to pay the price? Those who have partial vision, they don't look at their life the way God looks at. God has a plan. God has a purpose for your life. This morning, the darkness is trying to remove that purpose away from our lives. And it's trying to make us ordinary, whereas we are extraordinary. It is make us to, you know, submerge ourselves in the problems and the, the, the pain of this world. But God is telling you this morning, you need full vision to see your potential with which I have created you. Partial vision doesn't allow us to see others the way God sees them. There are people out there, they are hungry for God. I realized that last week in that conference, they are so hungry for growth. They are so hungry for better life. Jesus, while ministering in this earth, he got attracted towards, or he longed for only two things. Only two things. I'll not ask you to reply. I'll answer this question. I'll tell you. Never forget this. This will change your life. Number one, he longed, if you can put the next slide, he longed for the presence of God. Can you say presence of God? That's his home. That's his family. Secondly, he longed for the presence of sinners. That's his call. Are you with me this morning? Only two things. Only two things that satisfied Jesus when he was on the face of this earth. Number one, the presence of God. Number two, the presence of the sinners. He was found in either one of this place. When he was missing, he was found talking to his father. And other times when he was missing, he was sitting with the sinners, he was sitting with the tax collectors, and he was having a good time with them. He was having meal with them. That's what he did whenever he got an opportunity. I want to ask a question. What the church is doing today? What the church is doing today? Jesus will not come and sit inside the four walls. I was talking to somebody else and he was giving this illustration. If Jesus visits the city of Halifax, which church Jesus would go? It's a good question. You have any answer? If Jesus visits the city of Halifax, you know how many churches are there? 
in the city of Halifax, right? Some of us visited most of the churches. Amen? Amen? Amen. Right? So we have many churches in the city of Halifax. Which church Jesus would go? Anybody got a revelation? Home church. Homeless people. They have a church? No. Two homeless people. Now, my question is, which church Jesus would go? You're right. I'll come to that. Which church Jesus would go? Where there are? Where there is presence of God. So presence of God is in all the church or not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't want to get into trouble. Right? So certainly, yes, Jesus longs for his presence of God, right? He himself is God. Amen. Good answer. Which church Jesus? I mean, I had a confusion whether he'll come to KGPM or he'll go to Noah Church or he'll go to Faith Tabernacle or he'll go to Life Song or he'll go to Rock Church. Uh, or he'll go to St. Benedict's. I don't know which church Jesus would go. But one thing we I know, we're for very sure, on Sunday morning, if you go to all the churches and try to find Jesus, you won't find Jesus at the church. But if you go to downtown, you will find Jesus sitting in the bar. You will find Jesus sitting in the dance club. You will find Jesus sitting there and asking them to tell their story. Are you with me this morning? He will ask, how many husbands you have? Can I come and stay within your house today? Can we have dinner together? You know, that's what he did is exactly when he was alive on the face of this earth. That's what exactly he does. Two things that satisfies God. Jesus loves people. Do we love sinners or we hate sinners? Do you have sinners living in your neighborhood? Any of your neighborhood in your apartments, do you have sinners living there? Yes? Do we love sinners? So who is the sinner, as Paul says? I am. I am the sinner. If I am not loved by God, what am I doing here? So God, if he loves us like a sinner like me, he loves my neighborhood much more than that. Those who have partial vision always excuse for not seeing people the way God sees them. Those who are working with you, they may not talk the way you talk. They may, not, they may have a different language, but God loves them. God loves them. Touch their life and see. Touch their life a little bit and see what's going on in their life. You will see teardrops falling from their eyes. They need Jesus more than, their heart is more softer than your heart and my heart. Are you with me? Are you with me? Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. We'll close with reading the scripture. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under the basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. God wants us to be that light, shining in the darkness. Shall we all arise this morning as we close in prayer? Yes.